my, one of my favorite pieces of advice that I kind of it kind of come back to is my is my holy grail of truth and advice that I give to other people is don't take advice from people you wouldn't trade places with. And I think that can be applied to any situation and anything very, you know, whether it's wellness, whether it's business, whether it's finances, it doesn't matter, relationships. I think a lot of people, unfortunately, very, very rarely I'll still find myself like in this position where I'm letting an opinion of someone that I wouldn't trade places with infiltrate my own brain. And I think that's really unfortunate when people do that because it's like taking financial advice from your poorest friend or relationship advice from someone in your life who sucks at relationships. Welcome to the Driving Force Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Chase Rosa, a former private equity analyst, now exploring human performance through podcasting, coaching, jujitsu, and endurance athletics. This podcast will feature conversations with uniquely driven and authentic individuals across sports, business, and wellness who continue to achieve great things in their respective fields. By presenting their stories, uncensored and uncut, I hope to inspire you to take a step back, look within, and evaluate your path and journey. Today's guest is Ali Shaper. Ali is an entrepreneur, community builder, and an enthusiast for all things in the mushroom and wellness space. She started her career in corporate innovation and healthcare consulting, and in 2019 launched a company called Ziggy. Since then, she has partnered with 100 plus wellness brands and industry leading clients in hospitality, corporate, and retail. Today, her professional focus is split across three ventures the multiverse, a functional mushroom marketplace, Ziggy, her wellness gifting company, and lastly, working as a brand strategy consultant in the health and wellness space. She's also done some modeling work and is the co-founder of Mesh, a community building initiative focused on intentional connections and curated dinner experiences in New York and Los Angeles. In this interview, we get into the genesis of her love of people, the shift from consulting to entrepreneurship, and all of our entrepreneurial ventures, including Ziggy, Mesh, and the Multiverse. And so, without further ado, my interview with Ali Shaper. Ali, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So, let's start by getting into your background a little bit. Where did you grow up? I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, and I have bounced around a lot of different places since then, but currently um, I'm coming to you from Venice, California. Oh, awesome. Where did, where have you kind of moved around while you were growing up? Um, okay. So I originally, well, I grew up and went to high school in St. Louis. Then I went to undergrad in Florida and then I did my grad school at UT Austin. I lived in Australia for a little bit. Um, and then I was based in New York for the past few years until I recently moved out to LA. Got it. Okay. And so was, while you were growing up, was like health and wellness a big focus or part of your family? I would say yes and no. I actually, um, I actually, well, this is a, this is kind of a, a twist to your last question, but I grew up in, from when I was nine months old until eight years old in Taipei, Taiwan. Wow. So my family lived over there and that's where I lived before I went to St. Louis. So I was born in St. Louis and moved to Taipei and then went back to St. Louis. Um, and to answer your question on was health and wellness a focus, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, growing up in, in Taipei, they tend to have, we were exposed to less processed foods and less hormones. And um, it's a totally different way to grow up as far as, you know, being a younger child, but then living in St. Louis, uh, the Midwest is, isn't the healthiest place to grow up. So my parents, you know, were, were focused on it as far as they, they took great care of us, but was very much exposed to processed food and kind of that typical Midwestern, whatever you think of that as upbringing. Mm -hmm. And so I actually really feel that my health and wellness journey was through a lot of independent research. And as the reason that I feel very knowledgeable and empowered by it now is because I actually had health issues that were a byproduct of the way that I grew up. Okay, interesting. And if you're comfortable, would you mind maybe going over high level what those what those were? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I I love openly talking about them. I think that 
the more I talk to that about them, I find that a lot of people have the same problems that I have or have had. Um, so I've, I've had stomach issues since I was a, a baby. And I don't know if you're familiar um, with any of this, but if you're a C-section baby and you took a bunch of antibiotics as a kid, you're very, very likely going to have, you know, stomach problems as far as IBS or SIBO or um, any sort of uh, gut issue uh, later in life. Okay. And so my health journey kind of took me, you know, from having all these stomach issues and really wanting to feel that I could solve them on my own after going to a bunch of Western medicine doctors, being prescribed pills for things I didn't need, and just feeling honestly really frustrated. And a lot of my passion for what I'm doing right now is really based in um, poor experiences that I've had with the healthcare system and trying to help people feel empowered to take ownership of their health so that they don't have to interact with the healthcare system because unfortunately the reality is it's very much, um, it's, it's kind of a sick care system and it treats symptoms. It doesn't really treat root problems. Right. And so um, my story with, with how I kind of landed where I am at today with health was I was prescribed um, one of the highest uh, the highest, uh, for, I guess the highest dosage acid blockers. And I was on that for five years. I started doing some digging into why I was on this pill after, you know, kind of curing a lot of my other issues through food as, as medicine, because it really is, um, the greatest form of medicine that we have access to and through exercise and all of these different things. and was kind of confused while I was still taking this medication and looked into it and realized it actually, you know, causes cancer and, it, it was totally unrelated to the issues that I was having. And then, um, you know, called my doctor that prescribed me it originally and said, you know, why am I still on this pill? Uh, I'm sure there's a reason for it because the original prescription he gave me was that, you know, you have to take this pill every day for the rest of your life or you'll develop esophageal cancer and die, which is a really wow. intense, um, it's a, ten, a really intense diagnosis to give a 16 year old. And so, um, after that experience, I was kind of, uh, done with, with Western medication, at least, at least for the time being, and, um, have been on a journey to share, share the knowledge that I've uncovered ever since then. Wow. So you're on that pill for five years? Yes. Did you notice like any sort of improvement over those five years while you were taking it or like, was it like, talk to no. me about that. It's kind of um, acid blockers and a lot of a lot of medication that's really commonly prescribed in the United States is very interesting because, and again, I don't want to misspeak because there are definitely people that need this stuff, mm -hmm. but for my specific situation, I didn't. And it was kind of added on to my diagnosis as a, and try this. And unfortunately, a lot of what we're prescribed in the United States is directly correlated with profit margins. And the reason why certain things are prescribed is because of those margins. So it's, um, that was more of the realization that I had after looking into that specific pill and realizing it wasn't prescribed to me because of my issue. So prescribed to me because um, of, you know, unfortunately like profit incentives of, of how things are prescribed. It was, you know, one of the most commonly prescribed drugs in the United States at the time next to, you know, Nexium and Prilosin. Right. Right. Got it. Okay. And another one of your passions that uh, our mutual connection, Michael Buckley, also um, notified me of is he describes you as a networker and connector like no one he's ever met before. Have you always been like a very outgoing, just love connecting with people kind of person? Yeah, I love this question. I love that question. And I'm honored that Michael said that about me. So thank you to him. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's it's really interesting because a lot of my journey, you know, my health and wellness journey, and everything that I've done throughout my life, I've had I kind of describe my life as a series of really just weird pivots. Nothing kind of makes sense if you were to look at my resume. It's all super scattered, um, but the common theme through all of it is my obsession with people and community, and that's always been kind of my driving my driving force, you know. And, yeah, and I I think that. The, what I've realized through everything that I've done is I always kind of come back to, to people. And that's, you know, really, if, you, if you're to look at your life and you look at, you know, people at the end of their life, all you have to show through your life 
yes, you, you can do all this great stuff. You can build businesses and um, make a lot of money and do a lot of really great things, but you're really surrounded with the people that you've collected at the end of the day. And so my obsession with everything that I've done is just how can I, I love meeting new people. And I think one of the, the coolest things about what I get to do is, you know, even with Ziggy or with, with Mesh, which is my community building dinner series that I have with, um, with my best friend and business partner is we love collecting really great people because that's, that's kind of the magic of life. So yes, right. the long and short answer to your question is that it's always been a theme in everything that I've done. And I hope it will continue to be so because at the end of the day, I just, I love people. That's awesome. That's great. So fast forwarding a bit here, as you entered college, like what did you think you wanted to do for a career? I originally wanted to be a sex therapist. So that, wow. was, okay. my, that was my original path in college. Um, and then they actually took away the major the year that I started undergrad. So I decided to pivot. Mm -hmm. And then a few years in, I wanted to graduate a few, I wanted to graduate early and go um, get my TEPL certificate and teach English abroad and kind of take that whole track. I was thinking about joining the Peace Corps. And I had, I had a moment where I wanted to go down that, uh, that path. And then I decided to completely pivot and go more of the business route. And I went and got my, uh, I got a degree in, in marketing and accounting and then decided to go get my master's in accounting and CPA. So, you know, started with the whole dream of being a sex therapist and then ended up taking my CPA exam. So <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, those are obviously two sides of the spectrum, but that was my, that was my college journey at least. Wow. That's, you jumped around quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> what a, so why, what, what was driving you towards ultimately make, make the decision to get the degree in accounting and like business? Um, well, you know what, it's funny. I, I think two, two reasons. One is that I knew I eventually wanted to do my own thing, whatever that okay. meant. And I think it's been, it's an incredible advantage. I feel with being an entrepreneur now and a lot of the different, cause I'm, I'm in the process of actually starting three different businesses right now. And <laughs> to have knowledge of what's going on financially is such an advantage. So I, you know, accounting is the language of business. And while it's not a part of like my day to day, having a knowledge and understanding of um, financials and accounting has given me so much of a leg up on, and, and, and really has made me an asset to other people's teams that I've been a part of. So the primary reason for it, I would say, is just to have the knowledge and it's kind of a foundation for everything that I'm doing now, even you know, going through the process of um, if I go and, and raise money, it's, it's, it's really helpful for people to understand that I understand what I'm doing with money. Um, so that's, that's kind of the answer to that. Okay, that makes sense. And where did you go to college? I did, I did grad school at UT Austin and also got to spend a year in Austin and that's kind of where I really developed like this really insane passion for health and wellness and realized that that was going to be my path. Okay. So it sounds like that while you're in school, you did have a desire to start a business and become an entrepreneur. I think it was, it was kind of in the, in the background of my mind, okay. but it wasn't something that I realized. I, it's not something we're taught. We're not taught like how to be entrepreneurs. That's not a, you know, I, I took a class in grad school, which was my first exposure to how to start your own business. But I think a lot of what my school drove me towards was how to be a good employee. And um, all the classes I took and all the, all the um, conversations I had was, you know, you go and join a big company and you rise the ranks of that company. So that was very much my background. Um, that's very much what most of the people that I grew up around are doing. And we're not really, I wasn't really conditioned to think that I could go out and start my own thing from scratch. Okay. So would you necessarily describe yourself as like that natural kind of born entrepreneur, like we're the kid who would always have like a journal of business ideas that you'd write down and like always start lemonade stands? Like, were I, had you a, I had a dog walking business when I was, I think it was like 10. That was my first entrepreneurial venture. I wish I would have charged more from it in hindsight. <laughs> I think I charge people $2 to walk our dogs for like an hour. So $2. Really, really undersold myself there. Um, <laughs> but 
always had, I've always had like little miniature things that I've started. I think I've always been um, somewhat of a hustler. I remember I would, I would make clay sculptures and try to sell them to people in, in, in grade school, got in trouble because you're not allowed to be selling things to other kids in class. <laughs> so from a young age, I feel like I was always, I had entrepreneurial tendencies. And then now that I've kind of, you know, since the beginning of 2019 really dove into this world, I'm, I'm very much addicted to it. And I don't think that I could ever go back now that I've gotten a taste of it. Right. Um, and I think, I think what I'm more, this might answer your question a little bit more, but I think what I'm more obsessed with is, and a lot of the conversations I'm having, um, especially over the last few months, is, is really that mo what, mo what most people are after is truly how to design their life and feeling that they can design their life. And so I would say entrepreneurial, yes, but I would say my obsession and focus and what makes me the, the, the happiest and the most productive and the most successful is when I feel like I'm in control of how to design my life rather than feeling like, you know, I'm on someone else's schedule or am, you know, working for someone else's dream. Like I, I feel so lucky because I'm able yeah. to work on all of my dreams and I feel like I'm living the dream. I do feel that, you know, you should do what you love. It's, it's the common cliche, but mm -hmm. if, you, if you do what you love, you don't feel like you're working. And I do not feel like, like I'm working. I feel like I'm creating, which is the best place to be in. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. There's a, there's a reason they're cliches. So yeah. So you might've mentioned this before, but do, do you go straight to get your master's at UT Austin after college? Yes. Okay. And you just went. Part of the other answer to that was my ex-boyfriend also went and got his master's <laughs> at UT Austin. <laughs> okay. It was a little inspiration um, from there as well. I see. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I went straight from undergrad to go get my, um, to my degree at UT and then I moved to New York and started doing my consulting job there. Okay. So that's a good segue. So what led you to the opportunity at EY, was it? Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, it's an incredible company, Ernst mm -hmm. & Young. I, I loved working for them. I loved what I did. Uh, I think consulting is the greatest job ever for anyone who has no idea what the hell they want to do because it exposes you to everything under the sun. It, it teaches you that the skill set that I learned there is indisposable and so valuable to what I'm doing now. I think that there's no, no greater training for, for startup life than corporate America. So I value that experience so much. And the reason why I went with UI is because I actually, I wrote um, some essay about my hopes and dreams and they gave me an internship in Sydney, Australia, which is incredible. Wow. And uh, so I started there and then um, that evolved into me getting a full-time job there doing management consulting. And I did a little bit of everything under the sun. I think I started, started my career doing power and utilities, which wasn't the sexiest industry. I didn't love it. Um, so I did that for a little bit. And then I did a lot of healthcare consulting. And we went and were talking to a lot of, you know, really epic healthcare companies in America, where it's just, it, it furthered my passion. I had already kind of had some knowledge and personal experience, but my job for around eight months was really to dissect the healthcare system and analyze all of the profit pools, figure out who all of the major players were, all of the, you know, everything from the manufacturer of a pill to the end consumer, like what lies in between all of those, um, all of those different players, figure out, you know, who's taking what money and why a pill is marked up in a certain way and, and really analyze what's going on in healthcare. Still have no idea how it works and nor do 20, people who have spent 20 years in the in the industry but it was fascinating because my job was kind of to analyze what's going on right did you enjoy the the travel aspect of it the consulting job uh yes and no that's kind of why i started digging uh, actually mm -hmm. because of the fact that i was traveling all the time and you know that there's six hundred thousand management consultants in the u.s that obviously not now because of covid but Previous to, to COVID, most of these consultants are doing a Monday to Thursday travel week. So it's a lot. And it's, it's really taxing on your body. Travel is inherently horrible for you. Being in a plane and you know, having that freedom to travel across the world is amazing, but it's, it really takes a toll on your body. And um, a lot of people that are doing you know, traveling, being on a plane two times a week 
is exhausting. So that was a lot of what the inspiration for Ziggy, that's where it came from. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so talk to me more about the, the struggles to eat healthy and kind of maintain that like a wellness lifestyle while traveling as a busy professional. Yeah, I think, I think it all just comes down to routine disruption. And when you're traveling, you're not in your normal routine. So uh, if you're health focused, or even if you're not, you, you, know, you don't have access to the, your daily routine at home and having to try to pack that up and take that with you on the road is difficult. And the unfortunate reality of a lot of hospitality and a lot of hotels across the country is when you go, they, they don't have anything. Airport food is, is really shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so is hotel food most of the time, unless you're staying at a cool, you know, luxury wellness focused hotel, or you're in a cool, sexy city like New York or LA. But unfortunately, a lot of the people that travel for work are getting stuck in places like, I have to be careful what city I use is, is the bad example city, but like Wichita, <laughs> you know, at, at, a, at a Hilton or at a Marriott where you're not getting um, really great options. And so the idea for Ziggy was really like, how can we bring amazing um, CPG products, amazing, you know, snacks, superfoods, wellness products to people at their destination when they travel. So it's not a travel company at all anymore, but originally how we started and launched was delivering things to people's destination when they travel. Okay. And uh, so do you start working on the idea for Ziggy while, while at EY? Yeah, I had 20, I guess 20, later part of 2018 and, and beginning of 2019 was one of the most interesting, crazy periods of life. Um, I would say, I would say current, current state is definitely crazier, but that was definitely funnier. That whole period of EY <laughs> trying to start this company. Um, and then also I just, I got picked up a sign so I started modeling while I was at, um, while I was at EY to have the funds to start Ziggy okay. and getting, so I was kind of working three jobs essentially, um, which was super interesting. <laughs> and I have a lot of funny stories from that. And I eventually, so I started, yeah, I started working on it and ideating on it while I was at EY. I left the first bit full time and then. I worked for a few agencies last year so that I didn't have to raise money and just did like a small family and friends round to start Ziggy and get it off the ground. And that's what I did all of 2019. Oh, cool. Yeah. Would you mind sharing uh, a funny story? <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I think more of a, I guess more of a funny takeaway I had yeah. was that you know the polarity between all these different industries and i think a, a common theme of my life based on what i've described to you so far is that i like to go to the extremes with all of these things and push myself out of my comfort zone so a lot of what i did with um you know doing the modeling it was, it was such an interesting world to step into because you know i had previously i'd come from getting my master's in accounting my cpa working as a management consultant and then going and working in the fashion industry which is a totally different type of human you know from from both sides of the spectrum. So it was more, I think my takeaway and and the humor that I kind of saw in it is that there's just so many different types of people in the world and there's so many different things you can do. And so my takeaway from doing all of those different things, like, you know, working for a corporate company, starting my business by myself, like being isolated and then also working in fashion was you can you can live any type of life that you want. And I was exposed to on any given day um, just the widest range of humans about, you know, talking to them about you know, their passion for the fashion industry, their passion for the financial industry. So, um, and then working on my own thing and trying to figure out how to get that going and then talking to all the people in the startup world. So I just feel lucky that I've, I've gotten exposed to a lot of different mindsets and ideas through that experience. Right. That probably also enables you to be an even better connector with people too. Because you can draw from so many different experiences. Yeah, I yeah, I, I think so. I think I've I've lived, even though I, I feel like I'm young and I'm just getting started, I feel like I've lived a lot of lives um, mm-hmm. and been exposed to a lot. So I feel I feel very grateful and I've been able to travel and you know connect with people from all over the world. And I think it makes me adaptable to um, different types of situations. So, you know, coming back to your earlier question of being, you know, quote unquote. The word connector is a funny one, um, but you know, 
and so is networking. But I love mm -hmm. people and I love connecting people together and bringing them together. And um, I think my passion for that is a theme of, of kind of what we just talked about, all those different lives. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So getting more into, into Ziggy now, maybe provide a quick overview of the company for people listening would be great. Yeah, um, the simplest way to describe it is we deliver awesome healthy bundles, awesome healthy gift bundles uh, to people's homes. Originally it was travel oriented, kind of what we just talked about, but when COVID happened, we completely pivoted and now it's more B2B focused. So employers will come to us and we'll create amazing gift bundles and these beautiful tubes and we'll deliver them to employees' uh, homes and individuals can also order them, but it's very much a gift. And that's what we're, we're kind of marketing as right now. And it's been really successful. And then we've also launched a marketplace where you can shop a lot of the brands that we work with. So you can go online and you'll get a small discount for shopping through our site. You can go and um, shop all these amazing consumer packaged goods. Got it. So what are some of the different products that you offer and like what's the process that you go through to determine kind of what goes into a particular bundle? Yeah, I mean, we have, we have really strict, strict standards and um, it's, there's, there's kind of three, it's kind of three different like main things that we vet for. So we have this approval process and, and I, it's, it's on our website and it, it's pretty, it's pretty standard, but it's pretty standard for health and wellness products at least, but you know, they're all selected because they're intent, all these products are selected because we believe that it will be a wellness ritual in your life that will help um, make it easier for you to be healthy. And you know, some of our specific criteria, we don't, we don't have any products with gluten, no dairy, no artificial sugars and dyes, no preservatives, no trans fats, no hydrogenated oils. Everything is personally vetted by our team. We taste it and make sure it has super clean ingredients, ethical branding, um, and tastes incredible. And kind of the last part is we're trying to raise awareness for brands that we think deserve more recognition, that have an amazing brand, that are started by incredible people, and that we just think deserve um, to be recognized. We're, we're trying to uh, also highlight, you know, more diverse founders. It's been, it's, it's very difficult for a company starting a wellness brand to get into the whole foods of the world and, and kind of, right. there's a lot of there's a lot of barriers to entry and so we're trying to highlight you know a lot of women founded brands um a lot of minority founded brands and give them a platform to share their their product and their story with. we want people to be connected to these founders as as much as they are to the products that they create mm -hmm. that's great and so like for the people listening what might someone expect like to find in one of these bundles if they if they purchase it like as an example yeah, so you'll get, let's say, um, a, a great example of one of our favorite bundles is you'll get a liquid IV hydration stick packet. You'll get a Four Sigmatic um, coffee coffee powder infused with mushrooms. You'll get um, an awesome, like, superfood green powder. Athletic Greens is one of my favorite companies. Mm -hmm. um, you'll get maybe an, a coffee bar that has a cup of coffee from Eat Your Coffee and um, a nut butter pouch, some awesome healthy shampoo and conditioner with really clean ingredients, and then some other really fun stuff like CBD chapstick. Uh, that's, we kind of, we work with a bunch of really interesting products too that we want people to find unique, you know, uh, hangover patches, D3 vitamin patches, like really fun user experiences as well, because right. we think, you know, the more interesting the user experience, the more likely you are to continue it. Right, right. Are there any other like companies out there providing these sort of like wellness bundles? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the subscription box industry, we're not, we don't mark ourselves as a subscription box, but uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's a very interesting world to look at. There's, I think there's like 1200 subscription boxes in the United States and they have one for everything under the sun. The most niche. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, they, they have everything from, I think one time I looked up like, a Harry Potter yoga lovers of the month club. There are just so many niche communities that um, order these type of boxes. So uh, <laughs> there's a ton of box companies out there. We very much don't describe mm -hmm. ourselves as a box company, but um, there are wellness boxes that exist. But I think the unique thing about what we're doing is we have it in this beautiful tube packaging. We're very specific about 
the type of brands we work with. It's not just um, a bunch of random products. It's very intentionally curated to give the user the best experience possible. And um, also we're, we're trying to be more focused on working with companies to deliver a better gifting experience so that your corporation doesn't have to give you a t-shirt and a memo pad and a notepad with their logo on it. That ends up creating more waste um, in the world and in the system ends up getting thrown away. So we're trying to create really curated, thoughtful gifts that make people feel loved, appreciated, and are benefiting their health. Awesome. So what's your ultimate vision for Ziggy? I think to just continue down the path of working with more companies and giving more brands a platform to share their voice and their story. We very much describe ourselves as a community brand. And one of the cool things too about um, the more the more companies that we work with, one of the, one of the reasons why they like us is because we are very relationship oriented and we're indirectly giving them the ability to support you know, anywhere from a, a small indie brand being made in uh, someone's, someone's kitchen in Brooklyn, New York, or, uh, you know, a massive brand that you'll see in Whole Foods, like the Liquid IVs of the world, or Four Sigmatic, um, or some of these really larger brands. So we give people a range, and I think our, my vision for where I want the company to go is just to continue um, being a community builder for all of these awesome wellness brands that we've collected over the last um, few years and then to spread that to more companies, more corporate people, so that that way, you know, the gifting process is better. People are feeling uh, like they're getting something that's a little bit more intentional, it's more sustainable, it's more useful, and to redo kind of that gifting world a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's, that's the vision. Awesome. Okay, so now shifting gears here a little, talk to me about the, the Mesh community that you founded. Yeah, so, um, and I guess as some helpful background before I launch into that. So I, you know, Ziggy is my, is my core business and, but it's actually taking up a much smaller percentage of my time as of right now, because actually as I, as I went down the path with Ziggy, um, a lot of other passions <laughs> have kind of come to fruition for me right. very about the mushroom space and the community building space. And so all of my other- Wait, what was, the, what was the first one? Mushroom? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Both, both psychedelics and functional mushrooms have become mm -hmm. a really good passion of mine. And I, I talk about it daily. I'm, I'm working on it daily and have a few companies that I'm launching in both of those areas. And um, so I kind of describe everything I'm doing in life right now is the theme is wellness, community, and mushrooms. And I'm uh, falls into those categories. So uh, I'll, I'll explain mesh a little bit first, but again, aligned with everything I, I started doing with Ziggy, I started meeting all these amazing people. As, as you go down the startup path, um, it's incredible because there's so many amazing humans out there that were so like instrumental to helping me and guiding me. And I started just meeting really cool humans. And um, I met, you know, this also incredible, uh, incredible person. Uh, her name is Tracy. She's my best friend and business partner. And we, we met mid last year and just started doing life together ever since. And we uh, started this community building dinner series called MESH and it stands for Meet Extraordinary Souls Here. And we just kept meeting all these incredible humans and wanted a way to bring them together in a thoughtful, intentional way. And we started hosting dinners in New York and LA for great people in our network. And the whole purpose of the dinner is they were kind of like the anti-networking networking dinner, if you will. And okay. the this was just for fun and to bring together cool people, not for the transactionalness of, you know, who are you and what do you do, even though all of these people tend to do really, really amazing things. But the purpose was to bring together people so that they could laugh and have fun and share interesting stories. And we have, you know, really fun, interesting programming that goes along with each of these dinners. But the, the core theme of it is, you know, when you bring together amazing people, magic happens. And we we love we love doing that. So Mesh is is kind of um, our community building dinner series, and we're also launching a podcast under under the Mesh name as well. Oh, cool! And what will that be focused on? Um, well, it, it's again a lot along the lines of meet extraordinary souls here. So we want to bring bring some of the amazing extraordinary souls that okay. we've with over the last few years um, onto our podcast and share their stories. Um, and have them, you know, talk about who they, what they think divines an extraordinary soul. 
And a lot of what we do is very much based in fun and laughter. And we want people to get back to kind of that like childlike mindset. And mm -hmm. so a lot of our programming at our dinners is, is around um, funny, interesting stories so that people can stop taking themselves so seriously. <laughs> and fun is just, and laughter is, is, is the foundation of it. So that'll be at four themes of the podcast as well. Oh, that's cool. Okay. And so how, was, how would someone like find out like, and seek out like a mesh event? They're, they're invite only curated experiences. So okay. we invite um, around 15 to 20 people in our network. And um, that's, yeah, that's, that, that's kind of the process. There's, it's, mm -hmm. we, want it to, we want it to be intentional and, and very, uh, you know, we're, we're inclusive and exclusive at the same time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it is invite only. And I think that a lot of the magic of it is, you know, we invite people we think will vibe together. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And so where, where do you see mesh going? Like, do you hope to expand it to other, other cities? Like, like similar to my question with Ziggy, like what's your, what's your ultimate vision for, for mesh? Yeah. Like I think to the future, I think that the, the vision for mesh actually is just to continue bringing cool people together so that they can organically connect and create cool stuff together. I think that there's no, you know, it's not, it's not for profit. We don't charge people to attend. It's all out of pocket. Like we want it to very much be, um, you know, we have brands sponsor the dinners, but the purpose isn't necessarily to create a business model around the dinners. It's just to give people an outlet to meet other amazing humans. So um, that will probably grow organically and we just love it. So we're going to continue Kind of doing it as is for now but the vision is you know to create this podcast and then we're also launching um a few different businesses in the mushroom space together so that's kind of the focus but mesh as of right now is you know to create to continue to create community and to create great experiences for people awesome and so what what inspired you like to go into the mushroom space there's there's like two very kind of clear clear answers to that one is that i started um, finding out about the power of functional mushrooms through all of my work with Ziggy and connecting with all of these amazing brands that have functional mushrooms in them, like the Four Sigmatics of the world, and um, really started using all of these products that, you know, they're not, they're not psychedelic mushrooms. I always have to clarify that with people. <laughs> There's still so much confusion, but um, I started using all these amazing functional mushrooms in my daily routine and seeing, you know, just awesome effects on my own health and learning more about how incredible mushrooms are. They're they are the most, out of everything that I've ever studied or learned about or become fixated on, all of the weirdness that I've explained to you that has been in my life so far, <laughs> it's the most fascinating thing I've ever come across because there's so much wisdom and so much intelligence in mushrooms as a species, you know, both in the psychedelic world and in the functional world. And the more I learn, the more fascinated I become. So. I guess, you know, on one hand, I became exposed to all these amazing functional mushrooms through the products I was working with with Ziggy. And then a lot of the people that I really admire in the self-improvement space, the business space, the wellness space, um, you know, I love podcasts, I love books, and I, I love um, following people that inspire me. And a lot of people, you know, like Tim Ferriss, Michael Pollan, major players in business and, and wellness started talking about psychedelics and started heavily funding psychedelics and um, speaking about them more on their platforms where they had built, you know, a different audience. So they had, you know, and Ferris is a great example. He built an audience in business and, and wellness and biohacking and, um, and entrepreneurship. And then he started heavily funding the psychedelic world. And so I started paying attention because people that I really respected were paying attention. And right. um, Michael Pollan is another great example. He um, has been talking about food for the last 20 years of his life. And he's, built his whole name and he's built a really a lot of respect for himself and from being an incredible doctor you know a functional doctor and um he started talking about psychedelics and the power they have to change people's lives and so i started paying attention and the more i learn i'm, I'm very compelled and i think that their psychedelics are very much and mushrooms as a whole are very much a part of the wellness conversation as anything else so i'm excited that more people are starting to talk about it yeah, that's interesting that this is psychedelics is making another appearance on on this podcast. Uh, my the last episode I just released, Cameron Shane, uh, he's known as the father of mixed movement arts, 
and he we talked to like for a good 15 minutes about his his use of psychedelics and how it can kind of break down a person's false constructs of self and kind of who they are and kind of like remove the blinders that they have on so it's yeah. it's interesting how it's made another appearance yeah no they're they're amazing i think that you know if you're if you're paying attention to the wellness space you've probably seen them in the news you've seen you know that they're a lot of clinical trials are becoming increasingly funded and people are paying attention because they're producing alarming results like, like you know it kind of brings everything back full circle with with what i was talking about earlier with my passion for the healthcare industry and my my passion for the healthcare industry comes from the fact that unfortunately on average people like in 2017 there was um there was on average Americans run 17.3 free prescription drugs. And psychedelics are fascinating because people that will, you know, will go in to a clinical trial and, and they'll use psilocybin, which is, you know, the psychoactive, um, the psychoactive chemical in, in magic mushrooms, and they'll use psilocybin and get off their medication with a single dose of, or a single trip, if you will, of, of magic mm -hmm. mushrooms or MDMA therapy or ketamine therapy. And that's what's so astounding about it is that people will go in um, and it's, it's this expedited path for a lot of people to get right. all the medications that I'm very, that I'm very passionate about um, because of, of my own personal story and people in my life that um, they're, they're producing alarming results. They're helping people so much. And it's, it's an insane space to pay attention to because of the results that they're they're getting. You know, people will go in with addiction and and trauma and a lot of mental mental disorders and go into clinical trials and you know come out with insanely reduced symptoms that that last, which is crazy. Like lasting results from a, from a single session, and right. that's you know that's one side of the conversation. And then there's a whole other side of the conversation around people using psychedelics or psilocybin as like quote unquote a healthy normal person to up level their health and really take their wellness to the, to the next level and so you know on one hand yes they're being helped to use helped helped they're being used to help people with addiction and trauma and you know issues whatever you whatever you deem those to be and then there's a whole other side of the conversation where um, people are using them just to kind of up level their own health which is really interesting. And so um, in the mushroom space, if it's, if it's helpful for anyone listening to know, like the three things that I'm working on are, um, there's two concepts in, in the functional space and then one in the psychedelic. So two in the, in the functional space, we're creating a, mar a marketplace for functional mushrooms, not psychedelic mushrooms, just amazing functional mushroom products with things like reishi, chaga, lion's mane, all of these incredible mushrooms um, that have such an awesome effect on your health. And we're finding all these incredible companies that have mushroom-based CPG brands and creating a marketplace for them. And that's actually launching next week. It's called the Multiverse. And we have amazing brands onboarded so far. We'll continue to onboard brands. Um, and then we're also creating a functional mushroom product. So that's in development. We'll release that over the next few months. We'll, we'll get our first, our first samples out into the world. Um, and then I'm also creating a content site around psilocybin, kind of aligned with everything I just I just shared, but to help change the cultural narrative that is still um, kind of oppressing psilocybin and the magic that 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 lies within it. And we want to, my business partner and I, we want to create a place where people can go and learn about the power of of psychedelics, psilocybin specifically, and um, distilling like the best of the best research into like a really user friendly, you know, user friendly content that a millennial would buy with a critical brand around it. And that's called Sybin Says. Awesome. You've got a lot of things going right now. <laughs> so getting into these last few questions here, what does your daily routine look like? Like, how are you making your, like, how are you optimizing your well-being on a daily basis? I have a really weird morning routine. I love morning routines. Um, I love studying morning routines. And so my current one is pretty weird. I love talking about it too. Um, and I think, you know, if you've ever heard the quote, you in the morning, you in the day. I really, I really feel that. Um, my mornings are sacred. And most of my life, as I've just described, I'm launching, you know, a few different things. 
Um, my team is all remote all over, all over the United States right now. And my life is kind of chaotic. And so I think uh, having that routine in the morning is really what keeps me grounded and keeps me sane. And so um, my current one, it evolves. But my current one is I roll out of bed. I do like 15 miniature baby push-ups because I love like just moving my body right away before I have to start thinking I don't look at my phone in the morning. Um, I, lay, I lay in child's pose. I recite a Dalai Lama quote to myself that I love. It just kind of gets me grounded, makes me realize like, hey, I'm alive. Um, life's good and just kind of gets me grounded. And then I coconut oil pull for 20 minutes, which people always think is really weird. And they always, the first, the first response is always like, you know, Hey, I don't have 20 minutes. You can do other things while you coconut oil pull. You don't have to sit there and just do it while you, while you sit. Um, <laughs> I'll put a glob of coconut oil in my mouth, swish it around for 20 minutes. Um, it's amazing. It's Ayurvedic and it pulls all the bacteria out of your mouth. And then okay. while I'm doing that, I'll make my bed. I'll do. I'll do my journal. I love um, the artist. The artist pages. And if you've ever heard of the Artist Way, it's uh, an exercise where you just free write for three pages. I love that. So I'll do that in the mornings. Um, it just gets all the weird thoughts out of my head onto onto a paper. I think me mental health is as important as anything that you you eat, and is is not talked about enough. And so that helps me take care of my mental health. And then um, I take a cold shower. I take freezing cold showers. I love all things Wim Hof. And um, cold water is, is really great therapy. And it resets, it kind of drains um, all, all of your lymphatic system. It, it increases your white blood cell count. Cold water therapy is, if you haven't looked into it, it's, it's amazing. I don't know if, you're, um, if you've done it or you're familiar with it. I don't have access to an ice bath right now, but I used to love ice baths. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of my, my morning routine. And I think that um, I could talk about all my weird wellness hacks forever, but my morning routine is is kind of my favorite one. Awesome. And then I think we might have answered this next one right off the bat, but as this is the name of the podcast, the Driving Force podcast, what do you think has been your driving force throughout your life? I think if I had to put it really simply, it's laughter and people. And I think that a lot of what I'm doing and what I'm, what I'm trying to do is design great days and great experiences for both myself and everyone around me. And I think that I always, I was, I was actually chatting with a friend this morning who's in town staying with me about this. And I think that my current role in life or my driving force is to kind of bring the joy. And I think <laughs> more that I can do that um, for myself and for everyone else around me. Um, that creates a better world. I think the more that everyone does that, that's a better world. So um, I don't always stick to that. <laughs> I definitely have like ups and downs, but um, my driving force is people. And I think that anytime I feel lost or, or depressed or kind of you know, sad, it's always because I'm more, I'm internally focused. And so the more externally focused I am, the happier I am. The more I'm focused on other people, creating great experiences for them, creating laughter for them and creating fun, like having, you know, creating fun experiences. I think uh, that is what makes me the happiest and in turn is what makes me do a better job at everything that I'm doing. Awesome. That's great. And lastly, before we wrap up here, what advice or parting words of wisdom would you like to leave the people listening around like maintaining wellness and well-being while also like working a busy job? One of my favorite pieces of advice that I kind of, it kind of come back to is my, is my holy grail of truth and advice that I give to other people is don't take advice from people you wouldn't trade places with. And I think that can be applied to any situation and anything very, you know, whether it's wellness, whether it's business, whether it's finances, it doesn't matter relationships. I think a lot of people, unfortunately, very, very rarely I'll still find myself like in this position where I'm letting an opinion of someone that I wouldn't trade places with infiltrate my own brain. And I think that's really unfortunate when people do that because it's like taking financial advice from your poorest friend or relationship advice from someone in your life who sucks at relationships. It doesn't make any sense. I think that um, if you can input filter and you know have, have your own intuition be your guiding light, but if you are going to you know take guidance and inspiration from other people, make sure it's people that you really admire and identify with in that specific area. You don't need to be um, they don't need to be someone you would step into their shoes because hopefully if you're if you're loving your life, you wouldn't trade places with anyone. Um, but 
I try to only let things infiltrate my brain and my actions and my mindset um, from people that I really respect and admire the way that they do things. And I would trade places with them in the way that people respond to them and the way that they go about that specific activity. Interesting. I think that's very wise. And so since you've implemented, I guess, that way of thinking, have you found that that's improved your overall wellness and well-being? Oh, for sure. I think that, I think that, um, I have actually, I wrote down, I, I have this list somewhere where I wrote down, I, I kept track of all the really bad advice I've ever been given in life. Okay. And I think it's a really interesting exercise to do because I'll go back and look at that list occasionally and remember that if I would have taken that advice from someone, how differently my life would have looked. You know, whether it's something so small as when I was working at EY, you know, getting advice from someone who's a superior being like, you know, you, sh you really have to take this project or you should be doing things this way. Um, or, you know, you shouldn't, you should put more time in, in corporate America and not quit your job. And, or even your parents, you know, my parents are incredible, but they've had, you know, if, if they were to live my life, I'm sure they would have done it very differently, but they gave me, um, you know, such an amazing foundation on which to, to live my life that I'm able to do it differently because they raised me differently from they, than they were raised, you know? So I think that um, to answer your question, yes. I think that the more I implement that into my life, it just makes me feel like I'm, I'm, on, I'm on my own journey and I'm making the decisions for myself rather than living someone else's life. And I think that a lot of people that are unhappy in our world, like it's a huge depression and mental health and a lot of people that hate their jobs, it's a huge issue. And unfortunately, I do, I do feel like it's because they're living someone else's life or yeah. someone else's dream. And um, the more that I'm aligned with um, what I want to be doing, it makes me a better leader, a better friend, a better, um, a better everything. So, yeah. Awesome. That's a, I think it's a great place to end it. Allie, thanks again for coming on the show. This is great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Where can people go if they want to like follow what you're up to and also learn more about Ziggy? Um, I'm, I love Instagram, so you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is Allie Shaper. It's A-L-L-I-S-C-H-A-P-E-R. And then all the stuff I'm working on is in my Instagram bio. You can find Ziggy on Instagram too. Um, it's Liv Ziggy, L-I-V-E-Z-I-G-I-I. -I. Um, yeah, and then LivZiggy.com all the things, but most, mostly Instagram. And you can find my email through, through my website too, if, if anyone wants to chat about anything's wellness, mushrooms, or community. <laughs> awesome. And you all can also visit my website, chaserosa.com and follow me on Instagram at chaserosa4 for updates on new episodes. Thanks everyone who's listening and see you next time.